The message you are about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2023, themed Light. As you listen, the entrance of God's Word will bring light and understanding to you. Be blessed. Praise the Lord. It's sincerely and truly an honor to be here this morning again. Thank you for the privilege of having me here to share with God's people. I know you can meet anybody, you can invite anybody, but choosing to have me truly is an honor and I don't take it for granted. The other day I was speaking to Pastor Shola and um, he was sent a personal invitation to come have a, a session with Pastor Benihim. So people who can enter anywhere, when they look at you and say, come, you better ask God what it is you are doing. So you keep doing it. <laughs> can we please celebrate our father this morning, Pastor Shola Oshuma Kinde. Thank you so much for, for having me. And of course, the entire team, the excellence here is truly commendable. Every time you come, you see transformation and you glean, you learn, and you receive impartations. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want to honor all the ministers that are here this morning. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you. Can we lift our hands and honor the Lord in a moment? In a moment, just talk to the Lord. Honor him. Bless his name. I'm a forerunner this morning just to prepare the ground for a father, a father in the faith to come share. So I'll try to keep it calm, but ask the Lord to speak to your heart this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Again, we gather before you and we ask that you speak to us. We ask that you shine the light of your countenance on our hearts. Bring us illumination by the Spirit and shift us from one level of glory to another even as you fortify us better servants, better ambassadors and better witnesses of your kingdom and of your government. Take all the praise, take all the glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wonderful choir. I'm a forerunner, so I need to just keep it calm. We don't have to stir the waters. <laughs> Later in the evening, my God, what a revelation. Light shines and light burns. So maybe in the evening we'll burn. <laughs> Hallelujah. This morning, I just want to bring us some um, definitions and explanations just to guide us to make the most of this conference. Spiritual things are a blessing, but they are a blessing only when you know how to interact with them. I was sharing with a brother a couple of days ago and I told him because of the vastness of the love of God 
there are many systems of advantage that he puts in place to ensure that the believer is blessed. The gospel in itself is rich enough to furnish a believer with all the blessings that he needs in life. In fact, the Bible speaking, he said, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertained to life and to godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. And so as we interact with Jesus and learn of him, everything that pertains to life and godliness is therein enshrined and is sufficient blessing for you in life. But just in case you are not learning of Christ, God now creates other systems of advantage. And all of these are motivated by his benevolence, his love for humankind. And one of such systems is the system of marriage. And so a, a man who doesn't know Jesus, if he aligns correctly in marriage, he will still be blessed because of the way God loves us. And so there are enormous blessings in God. However, most of these blessings are tied to very simple conditions that when understood can bring you into an avalanche of possibilities. And so I was sharing with the brother and I said, for example, the Bible made a statement. It said, he who finds the wife. You have not found salvation. You have not found Jesus. But if you find the wife, he said, you have obtained favor from the Lord. Now, life is tied to your encounter with Jesus. However, there is a system of routing favor, even when you have not yet met Jesus. He said, if you can find a wife, you have found a good thing, and you have obtained favor from the Lord. And we see that our fathers of old times, who didn't know Jesus, live prosperous lives. Just because of this system of advantage God put in place. So even though they've not met Christ, they were living a good life because their marriages were correct. And it doesn't stop there. It said in Psalm 133, it said, Behold, how beautiful and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in harmony. It said, It's like the oil flowing. That's Psalm 133, down from verse 1 to 3. From the head of Aaron to his beard, down to his skirt. So when brethren are able to live in harmony, it said there is something it does. Now, if you understand how the anointing works, there is a complex technology around the operation of the anointing. However, the Bible is saying, just in case you have not gone to the school of the spirit to be taught how the anointing functions, it said if you are able to live at peace, whether in a married context or in a church context, that harmony has a mechanism that provokes the operation of the anointing. So the anointing begins to from the head to the beard. So you don't need to know how to tap into the spirit. If you live in harmony, that harmonious existence is a technology for activating the operation of the anointing. Now, these are complex realities in the spirit, but because of the love of God, it creates an additional system of advantage for the believer. And so a man who lives at peace with everybody can be enjoying the frequency of the anointing that the high priest is enjoying. And a prophet, a known prophet, who hears the voice of God to move in the anointing, the level that prophet is operating, this man through harmony with one another, through unity, through peaceful coexistence, 
can tap into that kind of frequency. And it doesn't stop there. It said it's like the dew upon Mount Hermon. That is an open heaven technology. It takes power to open the heavens. Most times, a patriarch will have to speak over you and say, the Lord bless you with the dew of heaven. It may take a man who has worked with God maybe for 30 years and on the strength of his integrity and power in the spirit, he can look upon you and bless you and say, let the, the heavens, the dew of heaven be your portion. Now, God is also showing us, in case you have no opportunity to meet a patriarch, he said, if you dwell in harmony, that harmonious existence can provoke an open heaven. In fact, he said, there, the Lord commands his blessings. Now, this goes to let us know that God is predisposed to blessing us much more than we are even ready to receive. Because the complex things of the spirit that may take us a lifetime of learning to enter into. Because of the love of God, he creates additional systems of making us enjoy those things while we are yet growing. And so many of us here are enjoying spiritual things that we don't have the maturity for. And the reason that is possible is because of the love of the Father. Now, if you are enjoying this much from God, when you don't even know so much, what will now happen when light comes? <laughs> So when light comes, you become a master. You become a ruler. Your propensities in glory becomes difficult to quantify. Because when they are trying to say, this is who you are, you have migrated many mileage in light. And so it will be impossible for men to describe you. They may look at you and say, ah, that man is successful. You have left the realm of, of being successful. You have entered a realm superior. You now make success. Because light has come. And so it's important for us to understand certain dynamics about light. Because while we were yet in ignorance, there were blessings we were tapping into unconsciously. Now that there's a possibility of commanding it deliberately, knowledge will be very important. And so I want to share a few things about light that will help us not just to have blessings once in a while or stumble upon blessings but to have systems that ensure that blessings are a constant in our lives. That is the emphasis of my little explanation this morning. And so the first thing I'll do is to try to define the essence of light. I was so blessed when I saw the clip of our father, Bishop Walioke. And then I also tried to describe the character of light. And finally... I will outline how to operate in light. Because it's when you know that you can command. If you don't know, things may happen to you. But when you know, you make things happen. Praise God. And so this morning, I will define the essence of light. I will talk about the character of light. And then I will show us how to operate in light. Because we are children of light. Therefore, we need to understand how to operate in light so that we can make the most of light. There are three basic ways of operating in light. If you study the scriptures, number one is to arise. Number two is to follow. And number three is to walk in. 
So a man arises to apprehend. A man is led of light. And then a man functions in light. But before we talk about operating in light, let's understand what the essence of light is. And I'll try to be fast because I know the very esteemed ministers that came before me would have done a lot of justice. But just to give structure to the body of my teaching this morning, I'll just share a few things. And so, there are four major things we need to know that helps us define light in context. And the first is what I heard God's servant said a moment ago. That light is the immaterial essence of God. What we see and call light is first of all a reality that proceeds from the being called God. God is spirit. But in order for God to interact with the material world, he creates systems of connection and connectivity so as to be able to define him and to make contact with him. And so one of the ways of interacting with this spirit being that is immaterial and intangible is through a system that himself has created and that system is called light. And so when you are dealing with light, it's important to know that light is the substance of God. The way you touch me and you can feel my skin, when you want to touch God, you have to touch light. That's why the Bible said that life is the light of men. And so without light, it will be impossible to interact with God. If you want to interact with me, you may need to shake hands with me. And so you touch my being. And so the being of God is called light. This is why 1 John said in verse 5, chapter 1, verse 5, he said, this is the message that we have received from the beginning. He said that God is light and in him is no darkness. And so when a man comes into God, what he will actually interact with is light. And so every time you touch light, you touch God. So God is light. When Jesus came into the world in John chapter 8 verse 12, he said, so long as I am in the world, he said, I am the light of the world. So the only way you can interact with God is through light. If you don't touch light, you can't touch God. And if you have touched light, you have touched God. And so the first thing we must know about light is not just a set of rules that you pick. It's not just a set of instructions. People don't know these things. This is why even when they are relating with God, they think it's another form of knowledge like physics and chemistry. When God is speaking, they can be casual about it. When they are receiving inspiration from the realm of God, they can be casual. Physics and knowledge, physics and chemistry, philosophy, and all of the mundane knowledge can make you understand how things work. But when God brings his own reality to you, it's beyond understanding how things work. That is what, what is. So even if the principles don't work, because of what you have received, it will work. This is why God can address the dead. When a man dies, anatomy finishes. When a man dies, philosophy, physiology finishes. When a man dies, biochemistry finishes. But if you have light, even in death, something can still happen. Because God is light. So, when God is relating with you, he's not explaining something. He is empowering you to make that thing happen. Because he is light. And so, when 
Light comes to you, for example, and say you are blessed. It's beyond becoming successful. It's actually becoming the embodiment of blessings. And so if you know it well, you will not just be successful. You can now begin to make people become successful. Because you didn't receive a set of rules. You receive light. And that light has the power to alter even your molecular structure. So when a man, God speaks to a man and says, go heal the sick. It's different from when they commission him from the school of medicine. When they commission you from the school of medicine and they say, go and cure sickness. You will need stethoscope. You will need all kinds of equipment. You will need drugs. But when God says, go heal the sick, even your hand becomes a bam in Gilead. Because God is light. When God comes into you, loops you. The second thing we must know about light is that light is spiritual. Because God is spirit. The Bible says God is spirit. So they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so if God is light, then light is first of all spiritual. Now what is the implication of that? The implication is simple. The spirit is older than the physical. The spirit is superior to the physical. The spirit is preeminent to the physical. And so if you touch light, it means you are a commander in the natural realm. And I still say this because many don't know this. And so a man can be sick and God says you are healed. He's healed and he's looking at the symptoms. The facts can be the same, but you have received something from a superior realm. And so it becomes an error for you to pay attention to the natural. Hear this. Many may think they know this theoretically, but it is in the workings of everyday experience that their ignorance will be revealed. A man may not have what to eat, and God will look at him and say, you will lend to many nations. And every day you meet that man, he is complaining. There's nothing. Nothing is working. Is because he has not understood that what he received came from a superior realm. And so no matter what it is that is happening in the natural, just give it time. The natural, we have no choice but to conform to the supernatural. The doctor may tell you, based on our understanding of how human, the human body works, you will die in one year. And God now came and told you and tells you that when you are 80, we'll have a discussion. What it means is the diagnosis of the doctor is now useless. You are not disregarding his certificate. You are not undermining his intelligence. He may be called a consultant, but you have touched something that is what? Spiritual. So the natural will have no choice but to obey it. So when you catch one light, it's superior to the knowledge you got from the university you went to. This is why I tell people, in matters of destiny, paper has no power. You may have a PhD, but you don't have light. And a spirit can bring an element of darkness and subjugate the potentials of that paper. And so, in addition to what you learned, make sure light comes to decorate you. Because light is not physical. And light is spiritual. And because light is spiritual, light has the power to subdue the physical. Number three, life emanates from the life of God. So light has life in it. <laughs> this is why light doesn't end. When God said, let there be light, it will remain forever and ever. Because there's a life in light. And that's why I told you at first 
that life has the power to animate. When light comes to you, that light you receive have life. This is why when you receive light, you become energized. You may walk into a meeting down, depressed, and then as you sit, torrents of light are flowing in your direction. Because of the life that is in light, the more you receive it, the more enliving you become. The Bible said that in John chapter 1 verse 4, in him was life. And he said the life was the light of men. And so light is a distillation of life. In fact, the way you interact with life is by touching light. And so every time God brings light in your direction, God is actually feeding you with life. You know the man that was in the Garden of Eden was supposed to eat of the tree of life. So man, man's primary food is not Gary. Man's primary food is not pap. It's not chicken. Man's primary food is life. He's supposed to be eating life. That's what we eat. And even in the paradise of God, at the end of time, there will be a tree of life there. We are supposed to eat life and eat more and more of life. The reason you eat yam is because there is an element of life that is in yam. And biology can explain that to you. That when you eat yam, in that yam, there is starch that can be converted to glucose, that can be converted to DNA, that energizes you from within. But you see, like I told you before, you don't have only one life. You have three lives at work in you. You have the spirit life called Zoe. You have the soulish life called Suke. And you have the bodily life called Bios. And so Yam cannot satisfy Suke. Yam cannot satisfy Zoe. The real food that men should eat is the light that flows from the realm of God. This is why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Because the word of God is the life of God. And that life is what carries the light of God. And so when a man begins to receive light, the quality of his life changes. Ask those who carry light, you will see. You'll find somebody who was poor and suddenly he begins to receive light in certain direction. He see, he's receiving. After a while, when you look at that man, changes will begin to happen. The reason is because as he is receiving that light, life is growing. Life is growing. Life is growing. And because life is growing, the ability to create change is now conferred upon that man. So when you receive light, know that the quality of your life just got upgraded. This is why when we receive the word of God, we step out with boldness. We step out with audacity because the quality of our life just changed. Because light is life. It is not just this bulb you are seeing. It's deeper than this. Far deeper than this. And finally, light is the glory of God. Light is the glory of God. Every time God appears, what beautifies the realm of God is the illumination that comes with that realm. And so when a man begins to increase in light, glory begins to increase on his life. Honor begins to increase on his life. You will now see a man and where he comes from no longer matters. You will now see a man and his gender no longer counts. You now see a man and suddenly his complexion is no longer a factor because there is now something about him that even you cannot explain. It's called glory. Some of the people you clamor for, if not for the glory they wear, 
you will not even greet them if you see them. You see somebody that naturally speaking looks very funny and strange but he shows up and everybody wants to touch him. Everybody, they are so excited. They don't know what is happening. In fact, some of these people have so much glory that people are begging to gift them. Meanwhile, these same people begging to gift them. There are other people trying to get their attention and they won't even give them time. You see a woman cook food, package the food, carry to give somebody in the office because they invited the person to come home, the person wouldn't come. She will now package it and take to the office. Meanwhile, there is somebody else who has no glory. Who is her neighbor looking for what to eat. She will not even remember. In fact, if the person knocks and they say it's that person, anger will refuse at all. What are you doing? Get out of here. This same woman is cooking herself to carry to some. It's called glory. And if the glory on your life does not increase, you will struggle. What removes struggle from our existence is the measure of glory that we carry. There are certain men that carry so much glory that when they show up, you almost want to treat them the way you will treat God. And people who don't understand it are talking. They say, all oh, these men of God, they are manipulating people. Do you know the people you are talking about? The people you say are being manipulated, some of them are professors of neuromedicine. Some of them are bankers. Some of them are lecturers. Some of them leaders at different level. So you think you who is sitting in the studio is wiser than that congregation. Maybe you should come and take CVs. Then you will now understand that you are the one who is foolish. You see, two million people greeting somebody, bending down. You say they have been brainwashed. Wow, you must be very intelligent. <laughs> to think these two million people are brainwashed. Out of which some are Africans, some are Americans, some are, 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 are all, all, all races in the world. You say they are brainwashed. You don't know what is going on. There is a glory that the man carries. That even if the people don't want it, they will have no choice. Because glory commands allegiance. Glory commands, is like a force that dominates. And so when the glory of the man begins, why do you think we worship God? Do you think we worship God just because we are wise? No. The glory of that being is too much. Even if you don't want to worship him, when you see him, you will fall like a dead man. Ezekiel saw him, fell like a dead man. Daniel saw him, fell like a dead man. John saw him, fell like a dead man. So it is glory that commands allegiance. And that glory is a technology in light. You think you want to get married? Keep changing your hairstyle. Keep so babbing your eyelashes. You will bab it until nothing will be left there. Then you will know that what provokes the attention of men is beyond nakedness. It's glory. <laughs> what? People don't know how we rule. You want to get a job. You write CV, five pages. The CV will become boring. Do you know how many people are submitting CVs? I have a master's degree, I have a PhD, I have 10 years experience. Meanwhile, the second CV under your own, the person has four doctorate degrees and he has 35 years experience. So what you think is an advantage, even before the screening begins, you're already screened out. But there's a glory that you carry. A glory that can manipulate 
the systems that before the man carries your own CV, the wife will call him and say, I just put to bed with a bouncing baby boy. And he will say, ah, ah, they give this person a job. You don't know what is going on. Glory has altered the programming of time. <laughs> That's how we take over. And so when light is coming to you, it's beyond the enrichment in head knowledge. There's something happening around you that you are not aware of. As you keep hearing it, the glory keeps increasing. The glory keeps increasing. And suddenly you enter your office. Even the enemies that want you dead, we have no choice. You see them begin to fight themselves. And you didn't dare, you were not there. But five people who ganged up against you, suddenly two say, no, we won't do this. And they start fighting themselves. And a point comes, they destroy themselves. The last one will come to you and say, I'm sorry. Because glory has come. There are many battles that the glory on your life will make you win even without fighting. But glory is a function of light. This is why when you come to a conference like this, you must catch something. Ah, you must catch something. When you catch it, you are going with more of God. You are going with the life of God. You are going with the glory of God. You must catch something. Because light is not an electric bulb. Light is the envelope of the glory of God. This is what makes men take over. Enemies will rise up against you. The more they fight you, the more God promotes you. Even the people who are trying to destroy you begin to make unsolicited advert. And people will know why your path becomes upward and forward only because of the glory. What makes God invincible is the amount of glory that he carries. The glory is too much. And when a man begins to draw of light, glory begins to increase on his life. And so light is the essence of God. Light is spiritual. Light is life. And light is glory. When a man has light, these four becomes byproducts. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please sit down for a moment. The character of light is that one, it illuminates. When a man has light, light brings him illumination. It gives him an advantage of awareness. It makes manifest things to him and so he sees what others don't see. Illumination is the key to sight. You don't see because you have eyes. You see because there's light. When the light here is put off, all of us will become blind with our eyes open. Are we together? And so when you see people who cannot see opportunities, it's because they don't have light. When you meet people who cannot take steps that gives them advantage, it's because they lack illumination. And this is the work of the devil, to seize light from men. And so in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18, the Bible said because their understanding is darkened, it said they are alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. And so the wealth is there, but you will need illumination to possess it. This is why when Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17, he said for this cause I bow my knees and pray to the Father of, of God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he may grant unto you the spirit of wisdom, Sophia, 
the spirit of revelation, apocalypsis, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened for Tizo, when light is shared, he said, when that happens, one, he said, you will know something. And the first thing you know is the exceeding riches, the wealth that God has made available to the saints. Number two, he said, the hope of your calling. Thank God we knew the hope of this call. My God, I had scholarships, I had opportunities that I created out of the flesh. Imagine I would have been in the lab somewhere now with white coat. Laboring to finish and get a job. Talking to few people. Today you talk to millions of people. Today, what they would have paid you in 35 years, you can get it in one month. Making impact in the natural and in the spiritual and eternally. Imagine if God didn't show me the hope of my calling. The greatest crisis of many people is dislocation. Because they don't know the hope of what God has called them to. When they are about to hit the mark, they turn to what seems to be walking. And what seems to be walking may be Sodom and Gomorrah. The end is already determined. Fire will burn it off. What seems to be walking may be a territory that is already written off. But you've not seen the hope of your calling. You are selling pure water. You didn't know that there is a remedy God will give you to put in your water that will make kings drink it. And somebody now told you there's something happening in the oil company. You now go to the oil company and they give you a job of an assistant training officer. And you, don't, you are not promoted for 30 years. Because you didn't see the hope. And so when light comes, it gives you hope of what God has called you to do. Because your beginning, but your latter end will greatly increase. It is only light that educates that deep. That this thing that is despisable, there is greatness at the end of it. Nobody will see it. In fact, even your parents will come and advise you out of love and say, please, this thing you are doing will not go anywhere. But light would have shown you something that even you can't explain to anybody. So there's a hope of calling. And finally, he said, the exceeding greatness, power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That means resurrection becomes a technology on your inside. Things don't die with you. Even if they were dead, if you take it, they come back to life. That kind of authority, the Bible reveals to us that it's illumination that makes it happen. And so, the first thing light does that makes for the character of light is that light has the ability to illuminate. And even a fool, if it, if it's illuminated enough, can become a champion. The Bible said 400 broken and battered men came to David in Kevadulam. There was something David knew. A point came when they were redefined. There was nothing like that about them anymore. When their names were mentioned, when they came to David, they didn't even qualify for their names to be mentioned. But after David exposed them to the things he knew, oh, because David knew things. David knew things. David had seven horns in the spirit. He was a king. He was a warrior. He was a poet. He was a scribe. He was a teacher. And he was a father. And a psalmist. There was something the man knew. In fact, extra biblical documents reveal to us that David didn't train his warriors by teaching them how to throw bows. We're told David trained his warriors through sounds and vibrations. 
when he begins to play his harp, he said, by my harp, I utter dark sentences. When David begins to play his harp, it's like the sounds, the frequency that comes out of the harp has a way of altering your molecular structure. You begin to have encounters. You begin to see things that you don't know. Because those realms are in Christ. That's why Paul said, the gospel I preach, I was not taught of any man. There are dimensions that can open to you that will make you see from the college of the angels. How they fight their wars. The ranking system. The strategy. The order. The protocol. You can see it from that realm. That's why David said, the Lord taught my hands to fight. And my fingers to war. It wasn't the warrior that trained David. David became a warrior by seeing things that are in the angelic realm. And that kind of illumination, he used his sound equipment to open his warriors to. And the point came. Out of 400 broken men, the Bible said, Eleazar, the son of Dodo. What happened to that man? He said on one occasion, he took a spear and he slew 800 men. He fought from morning till night until his hands became cleaved to the sword that he couldn't open it. One man killed a garrison because he found something. Where, where is the energy coming from? How about the swiftness? How can you find 800 men at the same time? And how could, oh dear Lord Jesus, somebody's eyes will open. Your eyes will open. Illumination will come. The Bible said, Shammah, the son of Dodo. He said the army of Israel fled because the army was recruited. But 400 men walked with David. They saw something. And when the army fled, he said he stood his ground. One man defended the whole territory. One man. So if you count the soldiers of David, one, two, three, four, five, you are wrong. Because one can be 800. So when you say one, two, it's actually 800, 700. That's 1,500. That was the capacity they carried. But it was a function of illumination. It is the character of light to bring illumination. Your problem is not your boss. Your problem is not the manipulation in the office. Your problem is not even those who ganged up against you. He says, surely they shall gather. It shall not be by me. And he says, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment thou shalt condemn. That judgment is in light. And so your problem is not the people. Let them gang up. It is a platform for greater manifestation. But you will need illumination. When light comes, light brings illumination. Number two, light brings strategic direction. Because it's not all the time we fight. Sometimes we move away. He said they took Jesus to the cleft of the rock to throw him down. When they brought him to the cliff, he said he walked through them. He knew where to march so that time itself is suspended. <laughs> that kind of direction, that's what makes you invincible. He says, as the wind bloweth, where it listeth, and you do not know from whence it cometh or where it goeth. He says, so are they that are born by the Spirit. So there is a kind of direction we have that make us float like the wind. And so you can't catch us anymore. When you set a trap for a believer, he will walk in another direction as if somebody intimated him. They put charm on your chair that when you come to the office today, it, today, not today. Meanwhile, that charm is sensitive to some. You now come to the office late. And the moment you come, you open the window, the ray of sun will hit it. And before you sit down, you go and call the person that put the charm to come. 
The moment he sees it, he will become afraid of you. Because he will know you are not normal. Sometimes, if the ray is not coming, you now carry the chair and put us. <laughs> it's called direction. 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 They say, ah, oh, this commodity is going down. You wait until everybody sell out. You now go and buy it when it's cheapest and heap it. The moment you buy it, a month later, the price skyrockets. And they are now asking, how did you know? I have light. I have light. That is what we give the believer is the strategic advantage needed in our today's world. Somebody comes to your house with, with a Lamborghini, talking like a, a, a king. I want to help you. Meanwhile, there's another carpenter who wants to marry you. You will leave the Lamborghini man and marry the carpenter because five years into the future, the carpenter will become a king. How did you know? It's by light. And so when people don't have light, they rely on their senses. But he said, it's not given to man that walketh to order his steps. Most of us are where we are because we've walked based on our brain. Your brain is too small to alter your destiny. Your destiny is too big for this punch-sized brain to control it. You came from eternity past. You are passing through time to go into eternity future. You will need something that is that ancient to be able to direct you. And only light sustains that level of age to alter your steps. Light I will stop here. There are many characters of light. But because I don't have time, I'll proceed to how to operate in light because that's what we give validation to the message. Else, the excellency of light will not profit us. And like I said, there are three ways of operating in light. Number one is to arise. Number two is to follow. Number three is to walk in. Isaiah 60 verse 1. He said, arise, shine, for thy light is come. And so when light comes, you need to arise. If you don't arise, light will be there, but you will not shine. Shining is an interjection, intersection between the coming of light and your rising up. And so when a man rises, when light comes, the product of that rising is illumination. He shines. But many don't know how to arise. John 8.12 He said, so long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. He said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Many don't know how to follow. And in 1 John chapter 1 verse 7, he said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and so first you arise. Arising to receive it. Walking is to be discipled by it. And then following is to be discipled by it. And walking is to become one with it. And so there is a time when light will be something that comes to you. And then you will keep receiving until a time will come. That which you have received will become a law to you. Then you start following it then a time comes when you and what you have received become one. Then you become a spectacle to your generation. And so let's take it one after the other. How do you arise? I wrote five ways here, biblically to arise. As far as light is concerned. Number one, you arise by searching. People 
sit down in lasciviousness, hoping everything will be dropped on their laps. That's why they go nowhere. In the kingdom's terms, the way you arise is to become desperate. Is to become tired of status quo and to begin to seek. This is why most of you are here this morning. You are not here this morning because you have nothing to do. Some of you who are seated here, the three hours you are spending here can bring you 500,000, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million. But there is a desperation in your spirit to find out what God is saying. And Isaiah 34 verse 16, he says, Search ye out of the book of the law and read. He said, None of these things shall fail. He said, My mouth, it has spoken it and my spirit has gathered it. And so when we begin to press and seek and search in desperation for God and for the truths of his kingdom, we are actually rising up. That's the responsibility that you subject yourself to that reveals to God that now you have risen as a son. If you don't rise up to seek, to search and to pursue after God, even though light is available, you will not tap into its frequency. David was speaking, he said, as the deer panted after the waters. He said, so my soul longed after thee in a dry and testy land. He's, he was trying to give you a pictorial expression of the level of desperation that he was going through. He was comparing his test to the test of a deer. And not just the test of a deer, but a deer that has been in a dry land that a scent of water alone can satisfy. And you need to see how a deer pants. It's on record that a deer that is thirsty can perceive water from 200 miles away. And if he perceives that water, all you hear, ah, ah, ah. a deer will know that there's crocodile in water, but he can't stop the test. He will still take the risk of going to drink. That's the level of passion that a man who seeks light must sustain. You don't press like that. Even if it passes, you can't catch it. This is why many are in church. God is speaking. They are wondering what's happening. Whereas those who sustain that hunger are already shouting because their spirit is able to cut a lambano. Whereas the man who has no passion is there waiting. Light has come, but he has not risen because he didn't take any step in desperation to seek after light. You want light, you will find it. You will seek it. You will pursue after it. Paul speaking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.13. He said, until I come, give attendance to reading. And he said, reading is not enough. To exhortation. Listen to those who have read and are talking. And then to doctrine. He now said, give thyself wholly to these things. You say you want light and you have the Bible in your house. You only open it when you come to church and the pastor is quoting. You say you have light and in the whole week there's no time where you sit down to listen to a message you say you have light and the whole week there's no time you separate yourself and sit with God and say Lord what are you saying Lord what are you saying go and study the patriarchs of old even in persecution their hunger was intact he said I John I was among Ezekiel speaking I was among the captives by the river Kabar but even as a captive he was seeking the movements of the spirit. And he said, I saw visions of God. How can a captive who should be seeking liberty be seeking God? Because he knew 
that his liberty is not tied to the invasion of another army. His liberty is tied to his ability to pick frequencies and signals from the realms yonder. John said, I was in the isle called Patmos. The word Patmos means death. So Pope John was in the island of death. But while he was there, he said, I was in the spirit on the last day. I was in the spirit. Nothing stops this seeking. Nothing stops this searching. There are certain men that their light have not even come, but they've arisen. And they've knocked on the door too much for God to be quiet. So God has to show up. The reason light comes to certain families. The leading light comes to certain generations. is because some men will not stop knocking. Did you not read about Simeon the prophet? The Bible said the guy was in the temple in prayer. Even Enos the prophetess. They were the ones who invoked Jesus into their generation. And the moment Jesus came, the Bible said he went into the temple by the spirit. The Holy Ghost had to come invite him. The Sanhedrin were there doing ritual. You don't know about this business. Some men have entered the courts of the spirit and they've insisted that this generation must see light. It's because of these ones that the son was born. And even though they were still praying, the Holy Ghost had to call them. That which you seek has come. The moment he saw him, he said, now my eyes have seen the Lord. I can go in peace. So the reason he was alive was a panting for the manifestation of the son. How can such a man not shine? There's no force strong enough to stop him. And so the first way to arise is through hunger, passion, and unending seeking after the presence of God. And you seek through study, through fasting, through prayer. Fasting, prayer. You need to find, see a hungry man praying. Some of us are big. So we can afford to pray with a cup of tea. Father, you know you are a good God. How precious Lord. I love you Lord. Thank you for all you are doing. You will have what to eat and drink. You will have a car. But when the princes are summoned, your name may not be numbered. Because there is something bigger than material possession. There is a stake in the spirit where men like Paul fought for. I have fought a good fight. That one is not a, a, a tea session of prayer. I have kept the faith. There remained for me the crown. That one is the heritage of princes. It takes those who can fight and pursue after their inheritance to be able to lay hold on such. God's servant, Pastor Shegun, was talking to me a moment ago. He said, we come out to come in. It's hunger that will make you respond to the promptings of the spirit to come out. In Genesis 12, get thee out of thy country. Get thee out of thy kindred. Get thee out of thy father's house. And come to the land that I will show you. If you are not a desperate seeker, you won't go. But a man who knows that is looking for a city with foundation, whose builder and maker is God, he can give up anything. He can pay the price to pursue after the presence. And some of them were there for many years. The Bible spoke about Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 4, from verse 4 to verse 8, it said, Mortal man, lie on your right side and make intercession for Israel. He was there for 390 days. When he finished, he said, turn to your left and make intercession for Judah. He was there for 40 days. And so one man was seeking for 430 days. He was not satisfied. Ehoye, he was indoor. And then you say, you want to be like Ezekiel. A point came, 
Ezekiel began to bilocate as though it was normal. He will say, I sat down and the spirit took me by the lock of my hair to a valley of dry bones. Ezekiel can come to church, he's still at home. Because he has touched something. And that dimension was what almost all the patriarchs walked in. The Bible spoke in Abraham. He said when Abraham was to go to the war of the kings, he divided himself among 318 men. What do you mean divided yourself? There's a technology they found in life. That's why you can't fight them. Because God had promised Abraham, indeed shall all the nations be blessed. So immediately all the kings of the earth became his sons. So if you like, be 20, you can't fight Abraham. You are now his possession. And so when Abraham wanted to fight, he didn't take the risk of training soldiers. The Bible said, Abraham divided himself. So it was 319 Abrahams that went to war. The question is, how did he know that technology? Because these ones are seekers. They are things they find in the corridors of light. Those ones are not taught you'll find it. Because when John went there, he wanted to write what the voice of the seven thunders told him. He said, write it not. Even if you write it, they won't understand. People will have to come here to pick this one. Arise, shine. It's a call for seekers. It's a call for those whose hearts are in panting for the Lord. Else the light will come, you will not shine. Forget this deception of Titus. It's a charade. If you like, wear a white cassock and put a long cross. It means nothing. When demons come, they don't care how you dress. They are not moved by the color of your regalia. They are finding out the illumination that comes out of your spirit. Because they will tell you, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you? How do you access light? It's by seeking, pursuing, desperately after it. I've seen one layer, but there's more. If you will not go with us, we will not depart from here. Carry us, not from here. Except your presence go with us. That's a man who saw Egypt for. But he knows there's something more than the manifestation. The manifestation is the byproduct of the encounter. And so I will keep having the encounters if the manifestation must be sustained. Peter, whom shadow was healing the sick, will come back and address the church and say, it's not meet for us to give ourselves to tables. We will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Select men from among you. Since food is your problem, we will put them in charge of you. We are seeking something that is eternal. And so we don't have time for dispute over bread and wine. There is something being distributed on the mountaintop and we must get there. That was why Moses was able to climb Sinai at 80 for 40 days. 40 days. An old man was climbing. He won't stop because there's a glory on top of the mountain. And when Moses comes down, he becomes a god to others. Arise, shine. That's the first way to access light. To access light, you arise. Second way, under accessing light or to arise, is to receive the word with faith. Because not every word is sought after. Certain words come to you. And so in the first instance, you go for the word. That's when you seek. There are other times when the word comes to you. I thought there is a posture you must sustain to receive the word. That is still how to arise. So on one side you arise by seeking. On another side you arise by receiving. Or by taking. And the way you take is number one, through faith. 
find men who are standing. Even if what God said is not reasonable, they will catch it and run with it. They would rather die trusting God than to sit in one place not moving when God speaks. In Hebrews 4 2, he said, The word that was preached to them is the same that was preached to us. He said, But it didn't profit them. Why? Because it was not mixed with faith. And so a man who wants to arise will learn to receive and believe everything God says. Sir, Ma, it's better to believe a whisper from God than to believe a shout from a president. Men will be men. But we have a generation pursuing after men. Today, 90% of our sermon is about building human relationship. Whereas, our relationship with God is dying. That's why we become manipulative people. Because it's about pleasing men. They tell you how to greet somebody. They tell you how to act in the presence of somebody. And all of that is fake. Because if you have not had a relationship with God, you can't have a relationship with your brother. If your relationship with God is right, you don't need somebody to teach you how to greet somebody. The character of God will dominate you. But when we start teaching people how to relate with people, this is how you relate with the CEO, this is how you, we will become fake people. And it is faithlessness that causes it. A generation seeking after teachers that tell them things that their itching ears are looking for. I can tell you many persons God has spoken to over and over. They don't even write it down. They don't even remember it. But for five years, they are still going to one office. The governor told me to come. I've submitted my proposal. They are calling all the, the aides. Uh, the, do you know if the governor has read the, 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 the proposal I sent? Uh, please take this recharge card. Send the recharge card to everybody. To service a human relationship. But God is speaking. They can't believe it. And when you don't believe God over time, your faith becomes dull. And it becomes impossible. And so the way you, you rise is to receive in faith. There's nothing wrong in training people on how to relate with one another. But there's something superior. And so we must not overemphasize interactions that are horizontal at the expense of vertical interactions. How do you rise? You rise by faith. When God speaks, catch it. Take it that way. You say heaven and earth will pass away. But not one jot of my word shall pass away. Number two. How do you rise? Number three rather. Let's honor our father. Reverend Tunde Bolante. Welcome, sir. And so I said, you rise by what? Going after the word. And you also rise by what? Receiving the word. Now, in receiving the word, you receive by faith. Number two, you receive with joy. People don't know how to take spiritual things. God is speaking, you are moody. Uh -huh. Is it true? Will it happen? It will happen, but not with you. Is it this big God that will come to prove himself to you? <laughs> when Job tried it, it took a while. <laughs> he said, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? 
He said, get up your loins and I will speak to you. Since you want to hear. Since you want me to prove myself to you. The same God that everybody who met him fell like a dead man. You are sitting there and say, all these pastors, all what they are saying, I don't think I believe it. Be wise. When God speaks, catch it and celebrate. That's how the word takes root. He said, with joy, shall ye draw out waters from the wells of salvation. There is so much, but it takes joy to draw it. I know the cancer is there, but God said, you are healed. Am I healed? Yes, Lord. I believe. I receive. Glory to God. I know you have not eaten, but God said, I will turn your situation around. As he's yet saying it, before others are aware, you're already celebrating. And you will see how the world will find you. You may be at the overflow, you will catch it first. Because there's a technology of receiving. It's called the system of joy. In Acts 2, 46 and 47, they were together daily, breaking bread, sharing the word of God together. And the Bible said they were praising God. They were celebrating. And in verse 47, he said, God added to the church daily. When people begin to celebrate, things begin to happen. In Jeremiah 30, 19, out of them shall proceed the voice of thanksgiving and the voice of melody. And I will increase them. They will not be few. I will multiply them. They will not be small. And so you want to rise up. You rise up with joy. I'm out of time. But I list it for you. So you go and study. The third way to receive is through willingness to obey. God is not casting news. He's giving instructions. So you're here to obey. That's how you rise up. In Luke one thirty-eight, he said, Be done to me according to thy word. I believe, I receive to obey. When God sees that you are receiving to obey, then more light comes to you. And so the first way to operate in light is to arrive. Later in the evening, we'll press it a bit more. The second way to operate in light is to follow. So long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. And then the third way to operate in light is to walk in it. This time you have become what you have heard. First John 1 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, that's where the true glory manifests. He said, You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. A point come, you become it visibly and experientially. Because you've received it, you have followed his dictates, now you have become it. So when you talk, people become righteous. Because you are one with what you say. You know, he said God is light. He now came back to say in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, you are the children of light. So the idea is not just to receive of him. The idea is to become one with him. So a point comes, God will now look at you and say you are the light of the world. Somebody will become light indeed before this conference is over. Bow your heads and honor the Lord. When the Father is around you, you keep to time.
Thank you for listening to this message. To find out more about the Household of David, visit our website, www.householdofdavid.org. You can also follow us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Mixlr. Or join us for one of our services at Trace Sanctuary, number 7 Surulere Industrial Road off Adeni Jones, Ikeja, Lagos. God bless you.